would you do me a favor? Stand to your feet for the reading of the word. I've just, um, I've really been just impressed so much how much we take the word of God for granted. The word of God says about itself that it is alive, that it is active, that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. And I believe that every time that we gather around the word of God, we give permission to the Holy Spirit to do heart work with the scalpel of the word. And I believe this morning, there's some things that God, God wants to take some cancer out of us. Spiritually speaking, he wants to remove some things that are hindering our spiritual walk in the life and the peace and the joy that we have in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to read to you out of Galatians chapter six this morning. I'm going to kind of pick off where I left off three weeks ago, if you will, a tag onto that last message, run your race. It's going to be a little bit more practical message, but I believe there's an impartation that God has for us this morning through his word. Galatians chapter six, verses seven through nine. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please the sinful nature or the flesh from that nature will reap destruction. But to the one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. And let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, you realize that there's a proper time that we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I want to read that last scripture to you one more time. I want you to let it soak into your spirit. And let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for your word this morning. God, I thank you that your word can encourage us, that can convict us, mostly that can change us. God, I pray today that your word would come alive inside of each one of your people, each one of your sons and daughters. God, I pray that it would accomplish what you intended it to accomplish and that we would not leave the same as that we came in. Father, we give you this time. Right now, we put away all distractions. We focus our attention on you. We fix our eyes on you, Jesus. We surrender this time to you. I surrender this service, this mic. This is not my message. It's your message. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would anoint me to preach the message in this short amount of time and that it would not be just a good word, but it would be power to change in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. You may be seated. The title of my message to you this morning is... The problem with potential. The problem with potential. Now, I don't know about some of you. How many of you uh, grew up Catholic? A lot of, lot of people grew up Catholic. I, I grew up Catholic. Uh, I grew up in Yonkers, New York. I went to parochial school, if that's how you say it. If not, forgive me. Uh, I went to St. Bartholomew's Catholic School. And I had to get up every morning and I had to put on my little uniform. I had my brown polyester pants with a belt and my big brown ugly shoes that I had to wear with my yellow uh, snap button shirt and a little brown bow tie. And that was, that was my school uniform and that I had with my Snoopy lunch pail or whatever it was, Star Wars, I don't know, that I would take to school with me. And, uh, and I, I wasn't such a fan of school. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't a, a very uh, studious young man. And there was a pattern in my early years in particular that would carry on until finally God would get a hold of my heart and, and I would actually realize uh, the potential that I had. But there was a pattern every single year at the end of the year, got a report card and teachers would you know, write in the report card, just kind of a summary of each student. Alongside of that, every single year, there would be aptitude tests that they would give students. They would test your IQ. They would test, you know, your, your ability to learn and your intelligence. And every single year, I would score like at the near top of these tests, but I would have some of the worst grades. <laughs> and every year, uh, at the end of the year, a teacher, my mom, I'd bring home the report card and kind of shamefully, you know, hand it to uh, my grandparents, whatever, and they would read it. 
And it was the same thing year after year after year. And this was kind of the gist of it. Lance has a ton of potential, but doesn't want to do the work. <laughs> Required to see his potential fulfilled. And this happened year after year after year. And I believe that this wasn't just a, a problem in my grade school years, but I believe that this is, can be a problem for many of us, spiritually speaking. That we read the Word of God, and, and when we read the Word of God, we read about amazing scriptures, one of my favorite scriptures. Many of you know it, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. You are God's masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus to do the good works that he planned for you long ago. And we hear amazing scriptures like that. You're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And I could go up here and, and quote scripture after scripture, and we hear these and we say yes and amen. And for many of us, we've had prophetic words spoken over our life. And, and God has spoken things personally to some of us as we've spent time with him and reading his word. He's highlighted scriptures. We've underlined them. We've circled them. We've highlighted them in our Bibles. We've taken them personally because God is speaking into the potential that he has to do in your life and my life. But I believe there's a problem with potential. And the problem is that for many of us, we say yes and amen to those scriptures. We, we listen to amazing messages that encourage us, encourage us. But then we don't see the potential realized in our life. We don't see the, the fruit of it. We don't see the outworking or the outcome of what we believe God can do and wants to do and the purpose and calling that we have for our lives to be like Jesus, to become progressively more like him. For our old man, as the Bible would say, to die more and more and for that new man, that new life to come forth more and more. For some of us, we believe for years that our marriages could be something more. We know they have potential to be loving and caring and just this amazing intimacy but somehow we're missing out on that potential for many of us we believe that that just like we prayed this morning that God is our provider he's our Jehovah Jireh that that he meets all my needs according to his riches and glory but yet we still wonder how we're going to make our bills at the end of the month for many of us, we know the potential that we have for our careers or in our business or the things that, that God has called us to do with our life, yet we're not seeing the fulfillment of that potential happen. And so I believe that there's a problem with potential. And I believe part of that problem is that we don't understand God's part and our part. That even though that God speaks truth and life over our lives, and for many of us, there's been prophetic words that, that we have on voice recorder and we listen to, and we're like, man, this seems so much bigger than what I could ask, think, or imagine. I don't know how this is going to happen in my life. I know that God has called me to be a godly husband, a godly father, uh, just a godly man, but I have these sins in my life that nobody else sees. I've got these habits, these patterns that I can't seem to break free from. And so here's the potential of what I could be. And here's the reality of what I'm like. And there's this gap between the potential and where I'm at in my life. And so I want to give us a working definition, if you will. This comes from the Oxford, Oxford Dictionary. But here's a working definition of potential. It says this. Potential is having or showing the capacity to become or to develop into something in the future. In other words, that my potential, I have within me the capacity to become something in the future. That's potential. Whether I see the fulfillment of that or not, going back to the scripture we just read in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 9, as Paul would say, depends on what we sow our lives into. The choices that we make on a daily basis from the little to the big. Here's another working definition, I think even a little bit more simpler, of potential that I like. Listen to this. And when, the, when I read this, it just hit me in my spirit. That's it. Potential generally refers to a current unrealized ability how many of us are sitting here this morning with current unrealized ability 
There is potential inside of you. In fact, the Bible says that God has planted eternity inside of you. There is eternal life inside of each one of you who are followers and believers of Jesus Christ. And yet, for a lot of us, if we're going to be honest with each other, I know I've got potential to be so much more, but I'm stuck in between the gap between my potential and the fulfillment of the fruit of what I've been sowing into. And I think for many of us, it's interesting, um, a couple of, uh, this has been about a month and a half ago now, I just was kind of in this season where I was feeling really tired. I mean, abnormally tired to the point where I started wondering, you know, is something physically wrong with me? Do I have cancer? I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but I just felt so tired, so weak. And, and I'm like, man, pastoring takes a lot of energy. And uh, I need energy to lead my church. I really do believe that God is doing something in the earth right now. And I believe in particular that God is doing something in the Flathead Valley. If you have the honor and privilege to be here with us on Thursday night or Friday night, how many of you were here uh, for Lou Engle and House of Worship? Man, it was just such an amazing time together. But it confirmed to me that God is doing something special here. How many of you are here this morning and God brought you to the Flathead Valley and you still don't even know why? You know that there was potential that for the reason that God brought you here and you haven't seen the full potential of it yet, but you've been believing in faith. You moved here. Some of you left family like we did. Some of you left provision like we did. And you came here in faith believing there's potential for God to do something unique. And I believe God is doing something here. But I believe it's going to take the people of God to sow into the fertile soil of the Flathead Valley in this church, in our prayer lives, in, in our private places where we spend time with God, where we're, we're seeking God's face, that it's going to take a people that sow into what God wants to do. In other words, we've got to be purposeful and intentional in where we invest our time and our decisions. And I believe that for many of us, here's the, one of the problems with potential. The problem with potential is that we underestimate the seemingly small, insignificant, daily, moment-by-moment -moment choices that we make, and we overestimate breakthrough in a moment. Now, we live in a culture of social media and get-rich-quick get lose 30 pounds in 30 days, make $24,000 in a month working four hours a day, right? Um, I'm still waiting for that email that I got from the prince from Saudi Arabia that if I just will send him, you know, $2,000 that I'm going to inherit all the oil that he had. Uh, you know, we, we, we believe in things like that because we're, we're immersed in this culture that we want to, we don't want to have to work for anything. We don't have want our, our, the things and desires in our heart to be delayed. We, we have bought into a culture of instant gratification. And we bought into this cultural idea that what feels good is right. If you don't feel it, don't do it. Because your personal happiness is the most important thing. And you have to do what makes you what? Happy. Do what you feel. And that is completely contradictory to what Paul is trying to tell us here. In fact, um, he's talking about that if, if you're going to, if you want to grow spiritually strong, if you want your faith to increase, if, if you want to see God move in your life, that the way it's, God wants to do that, okay, by the way, he wants that for you. But for many of us, the problem with potential is we're just sitting and expecting God to do something. And God is saying, I'm not going to do what you can do. I'll do what I can do. But you need to sow into your spiritual life. You can't expect to sow into your flesh and reap a harvest of righteousness. You can't expect to make daily choices that are contradictory to the potential and the calling over your life and expect a different outcome. So many of us, we wonder, man, why isn't God moving more in my life? You've been praying, young people, I, I, a young lady, I want, I want a godly man to marry. But yet you'll go out with any guy that will ask you. 
Young men, you want to find a godly wife, but you're hanging out at the bar. These seemingly small decisions and choices that we make daily, we have to understand that we are either sowing into our potential in Christ and who God has made you to be, or we are sowing into what Paul would call the flesh. Now the flesh is in contradiction to the spirit. Our flesh is our five senses, it's our, it's our will, it's our emotions, it's part of our soul. And let me tell you, our flesh cannot be redeemed. As long as we live in this body, we're going to have to deal with our flesh. We're going to have to deal with our carnal desires, our, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. These are our, our greatest enemies. And Paul says the way that you're going to realize the potential that you have in Christ is by sowing, investing your small decisions, your small choices, one decision, one choice, moment by moment, daily, day by day, month by month, year by year, into my spirit. You've got to sow into it. I, I, I cut this apple in half. Oh no, I lost my seed. <laughs> well, that kind of ruins it. I brought this to you to show you that this is the fruit, but inside the fruit lies a seed and the seed is, is the smallest part of the fruit. And, and the seed is so small, I, I couldn't even find it right now. It, it's like this big. And, and the seed, even though it's small, it has the potential to not just grow into this, but it has the potential to grow into this enormous tree that has the potential to release seed into other trees that has the potential to release seed into other trees until there's a forest and there's plenty of fruit for all to go around, for all to be sustained that get life from it. And for many of us, I think the problem with potential is that we think that God is going to do it and God is waiting on us to start sowing into it. And the way that we sow into it is by investing our small choices and decisions daily. He says, listen, Paul says, listen, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. In other words, this is a spiritual principle. You can't think that you're going to sleep in and skip church or parents, you can't think that you're going to skip church and go to the lake for a month and your kids are going to value church. Your kids are going to value your relationship with God. You can't let your Bible collect dust and wake up the first thing in the morning you do is start scrolling through social media and that you're going to grow spiritually. Don't be deceived. I think one of the greatest things that Paul is trying to warn us in the scripture is the potential for self-deception. This is part of the problem with potential is we think it's always there and there's a proper time that we'll reap a harvest. Um, so here's what I want to remind us of this morning. We make our choices and then our choices make us. The choices we make today are the story that we tell about ourselves tomorrow. And too many of us, you may not like an area of your life. You may not like where you're headed spiritually, but I'm telling you, if you will start to repent, which is change your mind and break the pattern that you're in, because this is the problem. One of the problems with potential is those small, seemingly insignificant choices and decisions that we make on a daily, moment-by-moment basis. Most psychologists believe the very first time that we have a choice to make in front of us, that our mind goes through all the options to make the decision. But once we land on a decision and we make the choice, the way that God made our brains is that that choice becomes easier and easier and easier to make until after time, it becomes a pattern. Small choices made time and time again become patterns. And over time, patterns become strongholds. A stronghold was a fortified city back in biblical times. Um, It was a fortified city. It was a wall, rock wall used to protect the city. But the same uh, rock wall that would protect it also imprisoned it. And for many of us, those small decisions that we don't even think about anymore because we've made them so many times, time and time and time again, have become patterns in our life. And what did, what did Paul say in Romans chapter 12 too? How do we change? We're changed by 
what the renewing of our mind from breaking the pattern. There's a pattern of thinking. There's a pattern in culture that, that wants us to think a certain way so that it can pull us out of the potential that we have in Christ. But the way that we break the pattern is we start to recognize the small choices and decisions and we start to create new choices, new decisions over and over and over again. Small, seemingly insignificant 1%. I was reading about the British cycling team. In, in 2003, they hired a new cycling coach because Britain had notoriously been known for being terrible at cycling. They just... They were, they were bikers, but they just never won anything. They never won any gold medals at the Olympics. They never won the Tour de France. And so they hired a, a man named Dave Brailsdorf, and, and he became the new cycling coach for the British cycling team. And one of the things that Dave did is he said, this is gonna be a process. This isn't gonna be a quick fix. This isn't gonna change overnight. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna make 1% improvements time and time again and over the years we're gonna those 1% improvements are going to make a big difference they're gonna add up to make a big difference in fact they would call it the aggregation of marginal gains the aggregation of marginal gains in other words there's small little decisions and choices that we make time and time again that over time add up to become big ones and those big ones are what make the big difference. And many of us, we want to go from no decision to big decision and big changes. And when we don't see the big changes, we give up. And, and I believe that God is saying, what you need to do is you need to understand the principle of the aggregation of marginal gains. In other words, if you will just start to look at the little decisions that you make. These cyclists, what they started doing is they started just making tiny little changes that you would think wouldn't even make a difference. Like tire size and the type of tire and and what they the nutrition what they started eating eating their sleeping habits in fact one of the things they did was change their pillow i think it was my pillow it was anointed right and uh, <laughs> and they they changed their pillow like little things that you're like and that ain't gonna make a difference just like we think, man, I could scroll on social media mindlessly for 15 minutes. Well, what if you took that same 15 minutes and instead of sewing it into Instagram or Facebook, you started investing that 15 minutes because you understand that's what sewing is. Sewing's investing your life. Sewing's investing your time. Sewing's investing your ability. And what if you took that same 15 minutes and said, you know what, I'm just going to read my Bible app for 15 minutes. And you started doing that every day. When you were tempted to go to Instagram, I go to my Bible app and I start reading scripture. And over time, you may not see anything in the short term. But there's an aggregation, there's a compound effect. When you don't see it, God is working. I may not feel it yet, I may not see it yet, but I know that God is working. God is doing something on the inside of me that I cannot see. So here's the problem with potential. You sow the seed and there's a time lapse between when you sow it and when you reap it. And this is where many of us get lost. This is one of the problems with potential. In fact, in his book, Atomic Habits by James Clear, he calls this the valley of disappointment because we're sowing into things that we're believing God for. We are sowing into and believing for, and I'm talking about things like praying, fasting, reading the word of God, speaking life into our kids, investing in your marriage, Sowing, sowing, sowing. You reap what you sow. You cannot have a great marriage and not sow into it. You cannot have a good financial life and not sow into it. You cannot have a good family life and expect to not sow into it, invest into it. But for many of us, part of the problem with potential is that we sow into it, we believe for it, but we don't see any fruit from it. Because there's a lag time between when you sow and when you reap. And this is where a lot of us get lost in the valley of disappointment. Because there is uh, something in the book that he calls um, latent potential. Latent potential is that there is this time lag 
between when you are investing in something, when you're sowing into something, and when you experience the outcome or the fruit or reaping the harvest of what you've sowed into. And too many of us, just like this is what happens at the beginning of the year, we're believing God for something new and we start doing something different. We start going to the gym, we start working out, we start eating better, we start our Bible reading plan, we're getting in the Word, spending more time. I'm getting up, I'm, putting, I'm setting my alarm half an hour early, I'm getting up and I'm spending time in prayer with God. And it lasts, on average, 30 to 45 days before most people give up. And they never realized the potential of what they were sowing in because they gave up in the valley of disappointment. Why? Because they didn't see the fruit of it yet. But what you have to understand that when a seed is planted in the ground, that, that the potential is there, but you don't see what's happening because it's in the dark. It's buried. Oh man, I gotta, I gotta read this to you because it's so, it's so good and I forgot it um, first service, but hopefully I can pull it up. And, and if my, yeah. So sowing into the flesh is now. It's immediate gratification. Sowing into the spirit is later. So you're either going to deal with the pain of now when the payoff is later, or you can have the pain of sowing now, or you could have the pain of regret later. But you get to choose which pain. And I wanted to show you something else, but it's not coming up. Maybe God didn't want me to share it. I love, I love what Mark Batterson says. He says this, listen to this. Potential is God's gift to us. And what we do with it is our gift to God. Potential is God's gift to us. What we do with it is our gift back to God. And so I got a couple of things to try to help us as we begin this journey to try to realize the potential. Last time I was with you, I preached about run your race. And I think everybody in here would say, I, I want to run the race that God has placed in front of me. I wanna, I wanna do what Paul said. I wanna keep the faith. I wanna finish the race. I wanna, I wanna fulfill the purpose and potential that God has in my life. You understand that every one of you here this morning, you have potential in you, that God has planted a seed of his word inside of you. But, but there's God's part and there's our, our part. And, and so here's the first thing. It's not what you know, it's what you sow. I'm gonna say that again. It's not what you know, it's what you sow. Too many of us know the scripture. We've heard the messages. In fact, James would say it like this. He says, don't be like one of those believers who hear the word and is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror. Think about that for a minute. He sees the potential that God has for him in the mirror. I'm looking at myself and I'm here and in this moment, I see the potential that God has for me. I see the potential he has for my marriage. I see the potential he has for my church, but then what? He goes out these doors and he forgets what that potential looks like. Why? Because he doesn't do anything with the word. He knows it, but he doesn't sow it. We know it, but we don't sow it. What does that mean? We know the word, but we don't do the word. We don't invest the word. We don't take the word and we don't act it out in our life. We don't act on the word. We believe, no, Hear me, we believe it's true. We don't deny it. We say yes and amen. Yes, pastor, I believe it, it's true. But we are like the man who sees the potential because we don't sow it, we just know it. It's head knowledge without the potential of that word of the seed to take root in our spirit. See, see what spiritually takes root is not knowing it, that's here. What makes the seed of the word of God take root is doing it. It's sowing it. It's investing in it. It's I'm going to walk this out. Paul talks about walking in the spirit and you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. This is simple. We have a choice. And right now, the outcome of your life, the fruit of your life is a result of the choices and decisions of what you've been sowing into. And if you want to see that change, then Paul says, here, here it is, here's the principle. It's the principle of sowing and reaping. 
All you have to do is you start to sow into the spirit. In other words, say no to your flesh who's going to try to pull you away from the potential that God has in you and you start to submit yourself to the spirit of God. That's the beginning. As I continue, in fact, Jesus would say, unless a kernel of wheat, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it's only a single seed. In other words, there's no life beyond your life. But if you want to see life multiplied in and through your life, if you want to see life come forth, that's the potential that God has in you. You have to do what? You have to die to yourself. And none of us like that. But part of that is we got to start sowing what we know. I love, I was reading this book and it hit me so hard. He's, there was a quote in there. He said this, knowledge is not power. We've been taught knowledge is power, right? Knowledge is power. The more you know, the more power you have. Well, can I tell you that is not true. Knowledge is not power. It's potential power. Knowledge is potential power, just like a light switch. It, it has potential for power, but it needs to be flipped on. Knowledge is not power, it's potential power. Knowledge uninvested is wasted. And too many of us are, pardon me, wasting our life. Man, I, have we become masters of things that don't really matter? How much time do we spend on things that don't really matter in the, in the scheme of eternity? Second thing is this. If you want to, you, if you want, if you want what you sow to grow, it must be cultivated. It must be cultivated. I love that, that idea of cultivation. That you can make choices and decisions today, but just because you make that choice and decision today doesn't mean you're going to reap the fruit of it. There's a process of cultivation. In other words, you have to water the seed. You have to feed the seed. You have to till the ground. You have to take out some rocks. You have to weed the ground. You have to prepare the soil. Otherwise, that seed has potential to die, right? We know that from the, the parable of the seed and the sower. Look what James 1.21 says. It says, he says, therefore, listen, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly do what? Accept the word planted in you, which has the potential to save you. That word save, we think, when we think save, we think of salvation, we think of going to heaven, and all that is true. Don't get me wrong. But I love the Greek word for salvation, sozo, because it's so much broader. It gives us so much broader of an understanding of, of what James even means there. Accept the word that is planted in you. How do you accept it? You got to reject the moral filth and all the stuff that is choking the life out of the seed in you. Too many of us, our potential is getting thwarted because of the bad choices we're making. And part of cultivation means that I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to sift me like wheat, right? Jesus said, hey, Satan is gonna come and sift you like we talking to Peter. And there's this sifting process, sifting through the soil of our heart. And we have to allow the Holy Spirit to say, oh, there's a rock of bitterness right here. There, there, there's a weed of unforgiveness. There's, there's a love for the world and a weed that is choking out the potential of the seed that is planted inside of you that has the ability to save you. That word means to be delivered, to be set free, to be healed to be made whole, to be made complete. That's what the word of God inside of you has the potential to do. But it is dependent upon you cultivating the soil of your heart, to pulling the weeds, to allowing the Holy Spirit, spending time in the presence of God, just like we did in worship, just like we'll do in a few minutes here at the end. When we're in the presence, the very presence of God, it's just like, God is watering the seed in my spirit of the word of God. He's watering it. I'm getting in the word. I'm feeding. Whenever I read the Bible, I'm feeding my spirit. I'm feeding the seed. And the Holy Spirit is, cold. we got to cultivate that seed. You can't just plant a seed and then leave it alone and expect it. And that's what a lot of us do. That's part of the problem with potential. We think because we raised our hand in a service one day, 
that we're just, everything in our life is going to change. All our bad habits, all our sin is going to miraculously disappear. I'm not going to be addicted anymore. I, I'm, I'm not going to have the tendency to sin anymore. No. You got to sow into your spirit and stop sowing into your flesh. And that's, a, that's an intentional investment. Listen, <laughs> he says, sow in, what you sow, you reap. He doesn't say what you intend, you'll reap. What you hope, will reap. What, even what you pray, you'll reap. You've got to do something with it. Some of us need to change our choices and decisions. When I, um, I started telling you about how um, a month and a half ago, I just felt really terrible. So I reached out to a, a health and wellness coach and, and she put me on a, um, on a diet, on an eating plan and an exercise plan and a weightlifting plan. And I've been, I've been following that plan. And let me tell you, it's, it's been painful. <laughs> it's hard to break patterns. And here's the thing about it is she started telling me, she's like, I want you to start writing down everything you eat on a daily basis. I'm like, yeah, come on. Isn't that a little overboard? Like, you know, I'm not kind of that fanatic about it, you know, like, and she's like, Hey, do you want to get better? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, well then do what I tell you to do. I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> but it was amazing to me when I started actually writing down what I was eating, there's things like I didn't even realize because I've, I've done them so long, patterns and habits and small choices that I make that I didn't even realize were affecting me. Times I went to bed, sleeping patterns, all these different things that once you start actually looking at your life and asking the Holy Spirit to show you and examine your heart, that you start to see that these choices that I'm making are not helping me, they're hurting me. I have potential for health, but I'm not realizing the potential I have because of the choices that I make. Jesus in John 15, 1, he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off, listen, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. What are the relationships right now that are not helping you bear fruit? What are the choices that you're making that are not bearing fruit? He would go on to say, while every branch that does bear fruit, you think, man, these are the people that are doing good. They're making right choices. But even those people who are making right choices, look what he says. He says, uh, the branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will bear even more fruit. So we have to allow, part of cultivation is knowing what you need to cut out of your life and what you need to invest in. And some of us, it's not, we're investing in good things, but at the same time, we're not cutting out the things that are choking out the life. And that's part of the problem with our potential is it's getting choked out. You see, cultivation requires both faith and works. We have to believe it when we can't see it. And we have to work like we believe it even when we don't see the results yet. I was reading um, this parable. It's a Chinese parable about a poor farmer who um, he needed a miracle for his family. And so he, he planted a bamboo seed in the ground, hoping and believing that that bamboo tree would, would change the fortune of his family. And he planted that seed. And for a year, he watered it, he nurtured it, he cultivated it, he fed it. Nothing, didn't see a thing. Same thing in year two. Same thing in year three. Same thing in year four. Same thing year five, he was done. He was like, this isn't happening. I, I think the seed died. I don't know what's going on. I don't see anything. And about the time he was just about ready to give up, he sees a little tiny sprout come out of the ground in year five. And within five weeks, that bamboo tree went from a little sprout to 50 feet in the air in five weeks. Now the question is, did it grow to 50 weeks in five years or five weeks? And the answer is five years. Because what he didn't see, that if he believed in faith was below ground, what he couldn't see was that bamboo tree was building out a root system that would sustain it to be able to grow 50 feet in five weeks. 
and that takes time. And let me tell you, God said, to, told me to tell some of you to don't be discouraged in the waiting because some of you have been praying, hoping, believing, standing on the word of God and you're not seeing anything yet and God is saying, oh, hold on because I'm building a root system in you that is gonna be able to sustain your character when I bring the calling and the purpose onto your life, you're gonna be ready for it. 1 Corinthians 9, 25, I'm almost done. Worship team, you guys could come up. Paul would give us this picture. He would say this, everyone, listen, everyone who competes in the games. Now, Paul is trying to raise up young pastors and leaders, and he's trying to help them understand something. You've got to invest in training. He says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last. Therefore, I don't run like someone running aimlessly. And this is the problem for a lot of us. We're doing a lot of activity, but is it really making a difference to get us closer to the potential that God has? We're doing a lot of stuff and we're tired. We're tired of trying. We're trying harder and harder and harder to change our lives. He goes on to say, no, I, I don't do that. I don't fight like a boxer beating the air. I've got purpose in what I'm doing. He says, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I will myself not be disqualified for the prize. I love what Pastor Craig Groeschel says. You know what he says? He says, stop trying and start training. That's what Paul is trying to tell us. That sowing seed is a daily discipline where I'm training myself to invest in my spiritual life and not to my flesh. I don't know how many Star Wars fans we have out there, but in The Empire Strikes Back, I love the scene. Uh, Luke is training, and uh, he's got Yoda on his back. You remember that? And he's trying to teach him the ways of the Jedi, and, and Yoda says something to him, very wise, and I won't do the voice, okay? I'm just, I'm just warning you. I won't, I won't embarrass myself like that. Try or try not. That was actually pretty good. But listen, he says this, you have to unlearn what you've learned to learn about what your potential is. And, and Luke turns to him and says, I'll try, master. And this is what Yoda says. He says, no, try not, do or do not. There is no try. Here's the difference between trying and training. You ever had somebody invited them to come, come over your house or do something with you and they say, well, I'll try to make it. AKA for, sorry, not gonna make it, but I'm being polite, right? When we try, we try to do something. We try to exert our own energy and effort to do it in the moment. Training is realizing that I'm building up my faith muscles every single day as I sow and invest into my spiritual life day by day, 1% at a time, decision by decision, choice by choice. I'm getting a little bit stronger, a little bit stronger, a little bit stronger, so that when the moment comes when I'm tested, I have the ability to stand up because I've trained for it. Man, when I first started working out, I could barely do some of these. My legs are still sore from three days ago doing a leg workout. And I can tell you that I am much stronger. I can lift more today than I could a month ago. Why? Because I'm in training. Every single day I'm getting a little bit stronger because I'm sewing, investing. There are days when I don't feel like going, but I said, man, I know the potential that I have and I'm going to invest in it. Listen, I love this description Pastor Craig Rochelle used of discipline because we think discipline is a big, hairy, ugly word. He says, discipline, listen to this, is choosing what you want most over what you want now. Hebrews 12, 11, Paul would say it like this. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there's a peaceful, listen, harvest potential realize of right living for those who are trained in this way. Do you know that it took Noah 120 years to build the ark? 
43,600 days of getting up and one nail at a time, hammering away, knowing I don't know what the potential for this thing is, but God told me, and because he told me, I'm gonna believe it. Do you realize in 120 years that Noah planted trees that he would later use to build the ark? What if the seeds we sow in faith today are the trees we need to build tomorrow? I want to end with this. Just what Paul said. Because I believe that God put this message on my heart for some of you as we close. That you're ready to give up. Maybe some of you have given up. So my final word to you is this. It's a promise, but it has potential with the claws on it. You will reap a harvest, and here's the potential, if you don't give up. You'll reap a harvest, that's the potential. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to get up every day, And in faith, even though you don't see it, even though you don't feel like it, I need you to sow into it. I need you to believe into it. I need you to keep making those decisions and those little choices. And here's the greatest encouragement Paul would say in Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. You are God's masterpiece. As we close, I just, I wanna share with you a, a, a quick story. The, the statue David made by the great artist Michelangelo is an interesting story. Uh, the story behind it is that the 18 foot block of marble was first given to an artist named Ducci to be able to create Michelangelo. And after working on it for three to four years, he gave up and aborted the project. And he, and he proclaimed that this block of marble was unusable. It was, there was no potential in it. It was, just, it was a dead piece of marble. It was unworkable. A young artist named Michelangelo, he saw the 18 foot block of marble that at that time had already been just kind of marred by chipping away at it, just looked awful. And later on, when they would ask Michelangelo, like, how did, you, how did you create David out of this flawed, disregarded, aborted piece of marble? He said, simple. It was the imagined decor. He said, I didn't see all the flaws in the marble. He said, I saw into the marble and I saw the heart of David and I saw the potential that that flawed piece of marble had and all I did was chip away all the excess to set him free. And I close with that story because I believe for some of us, we've given up, we've aborted the potential that God has in our life because we're flawed. God can't use me. I'm done, I'm finished. But God told me to tell some of you that he sees the potential in you and all you need to do, one chip at a time. When when somebody's sculpting, it takes a hundred times, chipping, 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 nothing, 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 until about the hundredth time and a little piece comes off. If you'll keep sowing, keep believing, God is doing something greater than you can ask, think, or imagine inside of you. There is seeds of potential in you, but you got to sow into it. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for your word this morning. God, I thank you for every person here and what you're doing in their life. The potential that is inside of them. And I call that potential out now in Jesus' name. And I want to pray for some of you who who are ready to give up. Actually, the the original language when Paul used the give up is the connotation of a woman in the middle of giving birth and she stalls out in that middle of giving birth and gives up on having the baby. And Paul's saying, listen, I am birthing something in and through you that has potential for so much life. You gotta keep sowing. Maybe you're here today 
And your first step, spiritually speaking, is you need to surrender to God. You need to submit your life to him. You need to say, Pastor Lance, I want my life to change. I wanna realize the potential, but I, I feel so stuck. I feel stuck in my sin. I feel stuck in my ways of living. And let me tell you, what you need to do is what the Bible says, repent. You need to change your mind and surrender your will to God. If that's you and you wanna become a Christian to surrender your life to Jesus, would you just slip your hand up? Just slip your hand up right now. Just say, Pastor Lance, that's me. I wanna, I wanna know God. I wanna surrender my life to him. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you, sir best decision of your life. God bless you. For the rest of us, I want to ask you, how many of you are here this morning and God set you up because you've either given up or you were about to give up and you're feeling discouraged and hopeless? If that's you, just slip your hand up. Man, hands all over. If you put your hand up, I want you to just stand to your feet right now. I want us to just pray for a moment and we're gonna close the service and some worship. I apologize, I know this has gone long, but I really wanted to pray for Pastor Jeremy and his family. So I know it's hot, I know we're all ready to eat and we're tired, but I believe we're not quite done. If you just extend your hand to those people who are standing, Holy Spirit, right now, we invite you to come. And I believe there's some of you that are not standing that your pride is keeping you back from standing and you need to stand because God is doing something. There's an impartation of life in the spirit that God wants to do right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you breathe. Breathe, breathe on your people. Breathe on hearts. Come on, just invite him. Invite him to come right now. Breath of God. Breathe on your people. Fresh hope. Life. I pray dreams would be revived. Words that have been spoken in the past that you've given up on would come back to life inside of you. Seeds of hope and life are getting watered right now by the Holy Spirit. God is moving. He's restoring your vision for your marriage and for your family, for your finances. Restoring your faith in the church. Come, Holy Spirit.